0: Okay, hello everyone. Today we will be studying the Mishnah for February 20th. Okay, buckle up because it's a long one today. I need to give an introduction to the following Mishnah. There is something called Maishr Shani. Shani is a special tithing that's done in the third and sixth year of the seven year Shemitah cycle. And this tithing, what's called Maishr Shani, the second tithing, is not a gift to a priest, not a gift to the poor, not a gift to the Levite. The Torah just commands, sorry, excuse me, the Torah commands that one bring this to Jerusalem. So you have your produce and you walk with it to Jerusalem and you eat it in Jerusalem. That's all you have to do. You don't have to give it to anybody else. Another option that one has, if let's say it's too, arduous, too difficult to bring it all the way to Jerusalem, what you can do is redeem it on to money and then you bring that money and you spend it in the local, you know, you spend it by purchasing from the local vendors in Yerushalayim. Those are your two options with the Maish Either eat the fruits themselves in Yerushalayim, or redeem the value of the fruits onto money, bring that money to Jerusalem, and spend it there. Okay. Now, Two details that will be mentioned in our mission today. One detail is that when you redeem it onto cash, one has to add a fifth of the value. So, if let's say your produce is worth $4, you got to add a fifth when you redeem the value onto money. In this case, a fifth doesn't mean a fifth of four, it means a fifth of the final total. A little hard to explain. Uh, but the point is, if you're redeeming $4 worth of produce, then you got to bring $5. Hence, you've added a fifth to the final amount. That's one halacha. Another halacha is that the Torah says in Kisavah that in the fourth and seventh year of the Shemitah cycle, right before Pesach, one has to make a declaration that they've taken care of all their gifts, most notably the Meiser Shani. So that's the, again, declaration fourth and seventh year of the Shemitah cycle, that I've taken care of all my obligations. Now, our Mishnah discusses something called Kerim or Neta What's Kerim and Netarevai? These, This we know, a lot of people in America know that the first three years of a fruit tree, the fruits are forbidden to eat. Now, in the fourth year, they're permitted to eat. However, if your tree grew in, Yerusha, in Eretz Yisrael, you would have to bring those fruits of the fourth year to Jerusalem or redeem it put it onto money, and then spend it on the local vendors in Jerusalem. So it's very similar to Meisr Shani. Again, it's the fourth year of a tree planted in Eretz Yisrael, has to be brought to Jerusalem and enjoyed in Jerusalem, very similar to Meisr Sheini. This Mishnah discusses, does the law of adding a fifth when you redeem it apply to this tree or vineyard in the fourth year? And does the law of declaring that you got rid of everything, or you took care of everything, apply with these uh, trees. Uh, so let's read the mission. says the Mishnah, and this is the vineyard or fruit tree in the fourth year. Beshamei Omrim, says, You do not have to add a fifth when you redeem it onto money. And you don't have to remove it from your house before Pesach. Beshamei says it, that, no, the laws are similar. First of all, we see that they're pretty similar already, and also he has what's called the Gezer He matches a word that's used in the parsha of Maaser to the parsha of the tree in the fourth year. So it has the law that one has to get rid of it, you know, before the Pesach of the fourth and seventh year, and also you have to add a fifth. Beshamay Omrim Beshamay says Yeshlo Peret lo Ololos. Beshamay says the regular rules apply, and a poor person can collect the Peret. Right, those are the grapes that fell to the floor. VYeshlo Ololos and the rule of the undeveloped fruits the poor person can take. Asma, just the poor person has to know if he takes those fruits of the fourth year, he has to redeem it or eat them in Jerusalem. Basil says no, says no, these are all products of, owned by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. owned by Hashem, that's how he treats it. And therefore, um, anything that belongs to Hashem does not have to uh, one does not have to give a gift to the poor from that grain that's the opinion of basilo so again so just sort of to conclude we're dealing here with the fruit and the fruit tree in the fourth year a dispute between which and Basilo, whether the rules of redeeming adding a fifth apply and also there's a dispute whether the gifts to the poor have to given be given from this field in the fourth year the next mission gives a very exciting case Let's say you have a vineyard that the entire tree, the entire, um, um, sorry, your entire land has produced a vineyard that's underdeveloped. So before in previous Mishnayot, we mentioned cases where all of your clusters of grapes came out beautifully, yet, you know, one cluster was what we like to call underdeveloped. But in this case, your entire vineyard. Was made up of ololos, Rebbelezer, i the says you got to keep it. This is your field. Or the Gemara is going to the Mishnah will explain. Kiva, Omer, Kiva says Laniem that the poor people have a right to take your entire vineyard, even though all of it is going to end up belonging to the poor. Now the Gemara explains the dispute. Rebbelezer, I merkisiv sar Solel. olal. says that the Torah says when you harvest, don't take the underdeveloped. Sounds like from the Torah that you're harvesting. Well, in this case, you're not harvesting anything because they're all underdeveloped. If there's nothing for you to harvest, then there's no obligation to leave it for the poor. That's the argument of Rebbe Rebbe Yezir. He has another pasuk. Rebbe Kiva says, The Torah just says, you know, matter of fact, your vineyard you shall not take of the ololos. It doesn't make any exceptions. It sounds like even if the entire vineyard is made up of ololos. I if so, how could Rabbi Kiva understand the other pasuk? The other pasuk said, "Kisimzar lo saleh. The Torah, in a different place, sounds like only when you're engaged in the harvesting and in the underdeveloped grapes, the owner will not be engaged in the harvesting. Lo lo What does he learn out from there? So says the Mishnah. I'll tell you what Rabbi Kiva learns out from there. Ain Bolas called him That Rabbi Kiva holds that the poor person could only collect the underdeveloped grapes. When the owner begins to harvest, that's what he learns out from the fact that the Torah emphasizes the fact that the harvesting was taking place, not to teach you that the owner must be taking something for himself, and if not, then everything belongs to the owner. Rather, what the Torah is coming to teach you, that the poor person could only collect the underdeveloped grapes after the harvest has begun, but before that, the poor person has no right to take it. Okay. That concludes our study of Mishnah for the day. As always, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to study some Torah. Hello everyone, and today we will be studying the Mishnah for Monday, February 21st, making our way through the last week of Mishachet Paya. We are up to the 8th Mishnah of the 7th chapter. The Mishnah says like this, Hamakdish Karmo Acholom Nadu HaAlolos Right, something we've mentioned a few times throughout this that temple-owned property is, is exempt from giving gifts to the poor. All gifts, whether it's fallen produce, whether it's the shekherah, whether it's the leket, whether it's the peret, all forms of gifts to the poor are exempt when it's owned by hektish. Again, temple-owned property. So let's say you sanctified your field, and on the field there were underdeveloped grapes. Do we say that since you sanctified it, the poor person can't collect it? Or do we say, no, it already grew. It's like already underdeveloped and I guess no chance of changing. So then the poor person, you know, has already has rights to it. So says the mission. it depends. If you sanctified the field before you were aware of the underdeveloped clusters, then the poor person cannot collect it. However, but once the owner becomes aware, the these grapes, again, the underdeveloped grapes, belong to the poor people. Rabbi Yossi says, okay, even if we say that the poor person can collect the underdeveloped grapes because the owner already knew about it, and once the owner knows about it, it seems like at that point we consider it to be, owned by the poor person, says Rebiosi, it still might have grown a little bit further. The plant continues to nourish from the ground, which is now owned by Hektish, by the temple. Therefore, the poor person somehow has to calculate the amount of growth and value that's been added since it's owned by Hektish and give that amount to Hektish. So that's where says, Yitnushar, give that amount, Gedulav, the amount that it grew the Hektish to Hektish. Eizu Ba'aris, Uh, Sort of a different conversation. What is shechicha with an aris? What is an aris? So aris is a trellised vines. Hope I pronounced that correctly. These are vines that spread across an entire wooden frame. So the Mishnah wants to know that since they're all sort of connected, intertwined with one another, when is it considered So Because even if you pass it a little bit, let's say you walk three feet into this wall of vines, well, the first two feet are still attached to the further vines down the wall. So says the Mishnah, If you're not able to reach out to those vines, you've already passed it that far, in other words, it's out of your arm's length, then it belongs to the port, even if it's attached to the vines at the end of this frame. Ubira Gulios, Hayemena. And what about vines that spread out on the ground? So in this case, says the Mishnah, Here, once the farmer passes it, even if he's still close enough to stretch at his hand, it's still considered shekecha, sort of like every other instance that we had shekecha, once you pass it and you don't harvest, then it belongs to the poor person. Okay, that concludes the seventh chapter. Now we will begin the eighth chapter and final chapter of Mesechid Peah. Says the Mishnah, Meimata kol the Mishnah says like this, that we know that the fallen produce on the ground belongs to the poor people. But let's say, you know, they're not coming around. Enough time has, you know, lapsed to give opportunities for everyone to collect. Do we say that there comes a point in time where everybody has permission to collect from the fallen produce? Says the Mishnah, Mishayochah hanemushos. when the really old people have made their way through this field and they did not take this, then everyone could come and collect the assumption being that the old people come the last as they are generally the slowest what about the underdeveloped you know grapes what happens then it says the mission of michiyokohanium after the poor people have had enough time to come twice if they've come twice and they still didn't take these clusters then anyone can come and take it now in this case it was not dependent on the elderly people coming because apparently people are especially fond of grapes and thus even the elderly make sure to come early to collect from a vineyard. So as opposed to the leket or the fallen grain where we said the old people are the last and once they're done, then it's a free for all when it comes to the grapes, Elderly people make sure to be there right away from the beginning. So as long as we give opportunity for the poor people to come twice, after that it belongs to anyone. Ube when it comes to olives, says the mission of to V'yashnia. After the second rainfall. The second rainfall takes place around a month after the conclusion of Sukkot on the 23rd of Cheshven. By that time, the poor people assume that everything has been taken from the olive groves. And they therefore give up any hope of finding anything. And once they give up hope of finding anything, that's a way of relinquishing their rights to it. Rebuda says, that, You know what? There are some people that don't even begin to harvest their olives until the second rainfall. Therefore, says Rebuda, I give a later time. He says that as long as the ani knows that he won't be able to collect four isers worth of olives from this area, then the poor people aren't going to come. So once we can make that evaluation, then it's a complete fee-for-all. And the produce, the grapes, anything that's fallen, the underdeveloped, and all these items that we've been talking about are then uh, what we like to say, Kolha ha zacha. It's open for all and whoever can come and take it for themselves, it will belong to them. Okay. That concludes our study of Mishnah for the day. As always, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to study some Torah.